I think it's some, somehow distorted into that I don't enjoy the playoffs and don't watch them if you don't enjoy them. I do enjoy watching. I will enjoy the grand final, but I won't sit there thinking this will determine the best team over a season because it won't. And it's yeah. not designed to. Dave and Keith talk all things rugby league on the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. Back with us this time is sports commentator, presenter of the rugby league show, The Sin Bin. It's Mr. Rod Studd. Welcome to the show, Rod. Hi, Keith. Good to be here. Great to have you back on, on the show. Um, lots to talk about. I mean, Twitter has been on fire this last week or so with with certain events. But what we Has it really? Ta- <laughs> <laughs> what you don't we say. What we want to talk about is uh, start off, let's start off with uh, league structure and finishing places. A big debate, a big topic and a big sort of like scoring point at the minute is let's take the current system and the current situation. St. Helens have finished top, they've won their semi and they're in the playoffs. They're playing Leeds who finished fifth, lost 12 games and, you know, they're in a grand final. Do they deserve to be there? Should they be there? And is that system that we have currently fit for purpose? Well, I mean, let, let's make one thing clear here. St. Helens are the best team in this league. They finished top, as you said, played everyone home and away and a few other, other fixtures, and that's a different topic. I mean, those fixtures which probably shouldn't be there, but they are, and they finished top after 27 rounds. They finished 13 points above Leeds, by the way. But Leeds via the playoff system in the final against St. Helens, and it's now... Well, St. Helens are favourites, but no one would be surprised if Leeds won that game over 80 minutes, would they? Nobody. But, I mean, let, let, let's have it right. A playoff series or a knockout competition, call it what you will, because it is a knockout competition, is not designed to reward excellence. It's designed to create occasions. And this does create occasions. We've just seen two exciting semi-finals, and we'll see an exciting final on Saturday at a big occasion with a big crowd at Old Trafford and two very good rugby league teams will battle it out for the right to be called champions in inverted commas. So it creates occasions and it's not designed to reward excellence. And as long as you're all right with that and you can sit back and enjoy the matches, that's just fine. But if you drift into some idea that the, the best team over the season will win this grand final, then you're really deluding yourself. That's not what it's designed to do and it's not what it does. The best team could win it. And the best team this season is St. Helens and they could win it, in which case everything's hunky-dory and it's all worked out fine. But a team like Leeds wins it, and that's all well and good because you know it's created a big occasion, and one set of supporters has gone home very happy, and they'll enjoy it. Good luck to them, and I'll enjoy the match too. I mean, I have a lot to say on this topic, but I think it's some somehow distorted into that I don't enjoy the playoffs and don't watch them if you don't enjoy them. I do enjoy watching. I will enjoy the grand final, but I won't sit there thinking this will determine the best team over a season because it won't, and it's yeah. not designed to. Yeah, and like you say, I suppose it it does give. Some teams, like you say, lead season in, in in previous setups would have been done, and they would have wouldn't have had much to play for. Whereas they, they they have got something to play for. They're in a grand final. You know, the silverware on offer to them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I do sometimes mockingly call it. Well, it's like every child wins a prize at the nursery, and it is almost that, isn't it? Because you've got to get half the teams into this into a playoff to give them a chance. But I mean, we saw. We saw some great matches, very exciting matches towards the back end, but we saw some, what I would describe as utter filth. And, you know, one of the games I would describe in that manner would be Castleford and Leeds in the final round of matches. I mean, it was absolute dross. It was mediocrity manifest. 
I mean, nobody watching that could possibly contend that either of those teams was the best team that we'd seen in Super League in the year 2022. And yet one of them could be. One of them could be. And the ability of a team and the uh, the talent of a team and, and their general rating, if you like, is something that becomes apparent over many, many, many matches. And it either goes up or goes down. We form an opinion and there are people that rate the teams in a more scientific manner. But that's something that is accrued over time, which is what a league does. You know, you, nobody judges anything over you know, a short space, do it 10 minutes, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't judge, you know, your podcast on 10 seconds worth of one podcast. You might watch two or three episodes and think it was a, a brilliant program, or you might think the ones that studs on is absolute dross and I never want to watch it ever again. And who could blame you? But you don't judge anything on 10 seconds worth, do you? And you don't, you don't judge a rugby league team on one match. Nobody does. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and uh, there's a lot of people who say, Rod, the system's not fair. It's not. It's not fair. How can you say that the people who won that grand final are the best team? Why? Why is everyone saying they're the best team? It's not a fair system. You shouldn't be allowed to finish fifth. It's, it's not. It's, it's not designed to be fair, Dave. Is it? As I, as I said, if you sit there and think this is just designed to create big occasions, and it's not designed to reward excellence, and you can watch it through that prism if you like, then it, there's nothing to worry about. I only get annoyed when people start claiming these teams are champion teams. They're not champion teams. They've won a knockout competition. The team that wins the Challenge Cup isn't the best team of that season, is it? They're a team that's won a knockout competition. Yeah. And the knockout competition is there to give everybody a chance. That's the whole point of it. It's when people get confused with these make it, these big occasions are there to determine excellence that it all goes wrong because they're not. They're not there to do that and no one should think that. Yeah. So, like, going back to, to the old days, Rod, obviously... You know, if you won the league, you became the champions. And then we went into the premiership with, yeah. for a playoff for, for an additional trophy. Yes. Uh, uh, aside I, I, from that, do you think I remember that, that should kick, come yeah. back? Well, I mean, that was designed simply to be an, to create an occasion, wasn't it? I mean, we all knew that the team that finished top had been the best team in that calendar year. And yet the premiership created a, almost like a end of season jamboree didn't it Old Tra again at Old Trafford of all places ironically because that's where the grand finals usurped that competition but I mean I've been at uh, Old Trafford watching the premiership that's how old I am uh, I remember watching uh, Witness there on a couple of occasions and I remember them getting beat by Hull when Dougie Lawton's last game you know when the team was coming to its natural end of its natural life because Witness had run out of money and the team was breaking up Dougie was going to go Martin Afire went to Wigan and, you know, eventually everything fell apart from that great witness team. We talked about that last time I was on, didn't we, when I was going yeah, misty-eyed yeah. talking about... Dougie went Park. to Leeds, didn't he? Didn't Dougie went to Leeds, yeah, but he didn't have much success there, did he? So it, so it, it was a decline for Dougie as well as for uh, for witness. Jonathan Davies went, he went to Warrington. You know, it was, it was sad, but, you know, the, those premiership finals were good at Old Trafford. They used to have the... Um, uh, a premiership final for the league below as well, didn't they? They had a premiership, premiership for that, and that would be a curtain raiser for whoever was playing in the the, the top division's premiership final. What? So, I mean, nobody thought that meant you were the champions. They just thought it's another trophy. It's a bit of a, a knockabout, if you like, but it's another occasion. And in those days, it was a, a rare thing to go to Old Trafford for rugby league, and it was enjoyable to go to one of the great stadiums in the UK. My, my memory of that, Rod, the premierships, is that uh, the, the season was over, and the teams had all played. We knew who'd won the league, and it was a bit of a, it was a bit more of a, a magic weekend kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Together. We'll see who wins, but they win, we win. Whichever way, we'll all have a laugh and a few drinks. And it was that's that right. Type of attitude where, where now it's a lot different because this is 
where all the money is, it's where all the kudos is. You were deemed the Super League champions. So it, it got flipped on its head on its head. And a lot of people say, oh no, the, the, the main focus should be the league itself and the we can still keep those playoffs, but like the premiership. Well I'm not so sure because I'm not I wasn't a big fan of the premiership. You weren't a big fan, or you were? No, no, I wasn't. I, like I, it, right? It, it felt as though the, I was, um, you know, younger then, and I spoke to some of the players, and it always felt like the season was over. You'd had enough. You want to go on your holidays, and it's being dragged out for a bit longer to get a few more weeks out of you when you want to yeah. shut down. Even psychologically, you turned off a little bit. Yeah, it was designed just to create another occasion at the end of the season, and yeah. you know as a lot of these playoff series are designed to do, as a money-making exercise for the clubs. Because um, the top clubs, if you'd finished uh, in the top, let me see, four, you'd get a home game, extra home game, or at least one extra home game, wouldn't you? You first played eighth, didn't they? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were top, like Witness or Wigan, you'd play the eighth team at home, so it was another home gate for your team, and you'd be fairly likely to get to the final and get a share of that gate as well, and et cetera, and so forth. So, But generally... I haven't got the results of the Premiership finals in front of me here, chaps. But I mean, generally, to me, looking back, and I may be misremembering here, but the, the top te- the best teams tended to win it. You know, yeah. Wigan, Wigan were regular winners, weren't they? Yeah. You know, I think that's where Chris Radlinski sort of first came to the fore in a, in a stunning display against Leeds. Witness, as I mentioned, I went to see them a couple of times, and they would win the Premiership. You know, sometimes as well. So the, the top teams were winning it, but that's what tends to happen in all competitions because the best teams tend to win even in a knockout. But knockout, of course, does give the chance on a one-off occasion for anything to happen. And that's what we saw, really, in the playoffs so far for the Super League. We've seen a lot of um, what the bookmakers would say were upset results. I mean, Leeds won as underdogs at Catalan, didn't they? And uh, Salford were very slight underdogs at Huddersfield. Then Leeds underdogs at Wigan. And the only favourites, I think, clear favourites to have won so far are St Helens when they beat Salford. And even that was a close-run thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So what we're seeing is that you know, over 80 minutes, at the top end of that division, there isn't that much between the teams. And you might say that's because there's, well, I might say, or anybody might say, it could be argued that it's down to a dumbing down of Super League and an evening out. Whereas if we'd gone back to the early years of Super League, um, generally we saw a lot of favourites winning the grand final, you know, and, and really good teams winning it, outstanding teams. And in my head there, I'm thinking of St. Helens in 2006 who were an absolutely outstanding Super League side, you know, under Daniel Anderson, really were superb, weren't they? And they they beat Hull, I think, in that final quite comprehensively in the grand final, having, you know, swept the board in the regular season as well. But now I think the competition is more even. And even though St. Helens are, in my mind, demonstrably the best team in the competition, they're not that much bigger than the rest, are they? The, the, the gap isn't so much. Well, why do you think that's kind of happened though, Rod? You're right, when you think back to those early grand finals, the... The quality of them and the quality of the players on show and and the build up to it felt much more prestigious and, and excitable. And we seem to have lost some of that. I, I still like the system we have. I think it has some flaws, um, but I still like it. But it doesn't seem to have the same excitement. Can you put your finger on why? Uh, if I if I could, Dave, I'd probably be uh, on a multi million pound contract with IMG. <laughs> or, or, in, or or doing well, what IMG are doing and they'd be paying me instead of them you know but yeah. think, think the owner of IMG <laughs> I probably if, own IMG yeah if we can um, fix it IMG may well, give us a contract so if we well, can we'll you, send you them know, this podcast you know, I, th- I think you'll we'll, we'll see how 
And it's not as easy as that because, you know, I think you'd have to be very naive to think that IMG are going to come in and go, right, that's it, that's that fix, move on. Yeah. Because no, it's, it's not, it, you know, it's the thing is that none of us know what's going on in someone else's head. So if I say, you say, oh, crowds are down, and I say, oh, it's, they're down by an average of, you know, whatever, 200 a match. I don't know why those 200 people aren't watching rugby league at the moment without actually finding finding them and saying, excuse me, mate, why aren't you watching rugby league? You used to watch it. Because the game, game's gone downhill. It's not what it referees, is. Referees. Referee. Referee. Yeah. Referee. Yeah. Referee. And that, yeah. that I mean, guy and game. all them pundits, they're all, they're yeah. all biased. Yeah. Game's game's gone. Game's gone. Game's gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we joke, but that gets tweeted out regularly, doesn't it? The game's yeah. finished. Yeah, and uh, you know the, the people say this is no wonder that people are not watching the game anymore. And I always reply, "You're still watching it." Yeah. Oh, well, what gets me is yeah. these people that are, are no longer watching it, but are on all the rugby league forums talking that they're yeah, not watching that, it. Yeah. Exactly. But, no, but no, what's gone on all weekend in all the games? Yeah. Exactly. That's why I always reply, "You're still watching it." You are. No, less people are watching it. Well, you're still watching it, and you, as you say, Keith, they know exactly what's happened. The referee in the seventy-fifth minute didn't give a try. Well, you said you weren't watching. How do you, how do you yeah, know that? Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. We don't know why. You know, if the if, if there is less interest, we don't know why. I mean, why? Why? You're you're, you're saying this is an interesting experiment because you you just said that day that you don't feel the same excitement about the grand final. Or, or am I being unfair? No, no. Um, yeah, in some ways, I don't feel as though the build-up generates what, 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 the same why? general. Ex- I, what, what, I think what, I know what, why. In what way do you feel less excited? I, I feel fatigue. So I feel there's fixture fatigue in rugby league at the moment with few teams repeatedly playing each other. Right, okay. I, feel, I don't feel as though we have the same excitement because we, I feel as though I've seen these players before. We've played each other a few times already this year. Right, well, that, that, that's, that's an interesting thing that you're saying and it's a valid point. And, you know, it's just kind of thing that IMG should be listening to, me, in my opinion, because you're, you're a long-standing lover of the sport and a long-standing viewer and spectator, played, et cetera, and so forth. So, you know, your opinions, were, they should be, this is the kind of opinion they should be canvassing, really, isn't it? You know, yeah. but it's difficult to get around everybody, isn't it? It is, and, and some some opinions are hard to measure. They're not so obvious. How do you yeah. how do you show that there's fatigue in people's minds on watching a product? It's, no, it's you'd have to know. ask them, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and it comes over I mean, a long period of time. It's not as if I'm watching this week and I've tomorrow I've got fatigue of the game and I'm bored of the game tomorrow, so I won't watch tomorrow. It happens yeah. um, slowly over a long period of time, which makes it more difficult to measure a, well, a firm round, I guess. And it goes back to our earlier shows. That there's only 12 teams and the top six play off. You can come halfway down that league and win it. Leeds come fifth out of 12 as a percentage, you know, you're almost in the bottom half. A couple of losses, yeah. no, you're in the bottom well, half. Well, I mean, and you, you can, can hardly, you can, you can hardly move for being told that the NRL is the greatest thing in the world, and you know, knock Super League into a cocked hat. But they've got a competition where eight teams go in the playoffs. It's half the league, and <laughs> yeah. and you can and you can beat a team in the playoffs, and then they could then beat you later in the playoff series. You know, so yeah. they they could end up playing. You could beat a team in the first. You know, one of the teams that got a second chance, like uh, Penrith Panthers or Cronulla, they could end up getting beat in the first game and and then beating the team that beat them and winning the final. So yeah. I mean, you could you could beat Penrith and then get beaten by them later and lose, and they could still so, go on to win. So it doesn't make it. So a lot of it doesn't make any sense, does it? You know, yeah, it's not, it's not designed to. As I said, it's designed to create big occasions. 
But you made a good point about the number of times teams are playing. Well, that's because you've got a system where, you know, Wigan plays Saints three times, whatever it is, Magic and home and away. And then they then they, they could join the, each other in the cup, which they happen to this season. And then they then could play in the playoffs, which they haven't done this season, but they could easily have done so, couldn't they? Because Wigan yeah. could have beaten Leeds and played Saints in the final. So yeah. that's five times. Well, no wonder you're fed up of seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, whereas, and that's in the space of how many games will Saints play in a season? In the low 30s. They played yeah. 27 league games, you yeah. know, a handful, three or four cup games. And so, third, say 30 or 33, and, yeah. and five of them could be against Wigan. So, it's one in every six games. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. So that's that about 15% of your games against the same team. Yes. Whereas, in, in football, if we say that the big two at the moment are Manchester City and Liverpool, they won't play six times in the same season. I mean, they, they would have to draw in the Champions League knockout phase, and that would be two. And then two, uh, but only two league games. They, they don't have a playoff series where they're playing again. No, you know, they so, don't have loop fixtures. There's enough teams in that have loop to fixtures. keep it fresh. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, and as you say, they're playing 38 league matches and only two against the same team as opposed yeah. to 27 and three against the same team. So percentage-wise, it's... So it's much far, lower. Far, yeah, yeah. yeah, much lower. And that's why Man City v Liverpool, Man City v Liverpool in, a, in a league where we know every game counts three points, and Man City aren't just trying to finish in the top, what would be in the Premier League, the top 10 to get in a playoff, mm. bear in mind. Yeah. Half the, half the division out of 20. You know, every t- if Liverpool play Man City in September, we all know this is a big game. Because whoever wins is going to get the jump of three points on their big rival for the championship. Whereas if we can play um, um, St. Helens in February, we all know it doesn't matter a hoot. Because two points in the league at that stage, so what? They're going to be in the top playoff positions. They're going to play in the playoffs. They'll probably play each other in a final. Who cares? Nobody cares. That that You're right. And, and that's aimed at rugby league a lot about dead rubbers. But I think people are a bit too obsessed with, with dead rubber games. They say because of a playoff system, there's far more dead rubbers. Well, if we had a system where the top came top and they won, you'd also have dead rubbers. Yeah, you would. We just yeah, mentioned yeah. football where we've got far more teams. Far, you know, They've only got one winner of that premiership. So is it, there's no dead rubbers there. When you, when you put that shirt on, you walk onto that pitch... You can't go into it half-hearted. You're going to get hurt. You still want to win. You're still passionate about beating that other team because you want bragging rights. Even as a kid, when we went onto the pitch, I wasn't thinking, oh, we're ninth in the league. I'm not sure. Season's over. Season's over. What's the point? No, and this is the point when you get into this sort of like psycho babble about Big games, pressure games, clutch moments. It's just non it's nonsense. Players are under pressure all the time on the field. They're not under pressure just on the moment you happen to notice. No. That, you know, someone drops the ball. They're not under pressure when you just when you notice he's dropped the ball and you can spout, oh, he, he succumbed to the pressure. They're under pressure for the whole 80 minutes. Yeah. They're under and pressure in every game. Another one I really every like. Game. Sorry, Keith. Another one I really like is when the commentators say, um, oh, used all their experience there. Well, they passed oh, the ball. Oh, he showed his experience passing the ball. Yeah. Well, if he wasn't experienced, would he not pass the ball? What What if he was 19? Yeah. Yeah. Said, oh, what, what made him pass the ball then? Yeah, you've hit on one, one of my mates. You can only pass the ball when you're over 28, <laughs> yeah. played international yeah. honours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, my mate, one of my mates, he, that's his really big bugbear. He used all his experience. And he was. He said, like, yeah, what? So a 17-year-old couldn't have done that. 
you know, yeah, exactly. you know. Well, it's, it's non. It's, it's just it's just psycho babble. It's it's all people want to be mind readers. They want to know why why somebody did something. Well, we're human beings. You know, why did he drop the ball? I've got to invent a reason. He must have been under pressure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you could drop. I mean, you know, name a player, any player you like. Oh, oh, let's not name a player because it'd be a bit cruel. A rugby league player drops the ball near the end of a match. Oh, it's due to pressure, but he drops the ball in the sometimes in the first minute, the tenth minute, the fifteenth minute, the yeah. first game in the yeah. season. The, the ball gets dropped a lot, and it's nothing to do. It's just like human beings make mistakes, yeah. and yet, yeah. and yet, the 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 mind reader says, "Oh, I know why he dropped it because he's a bottler." Comes up with that kind of flower. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I hate that. Or the other way around, uh, showed their inexperience there, dropping the oh, ball. Oh, showed his inexperience, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but here's, an, here's another one, right? So so we get this a bit in, in darts, which is also one of my sports, and you're like, you know, he used his experience, and then then an experienced player misses a lot of darts at double, and then it's and you go, well, what happened there then? And then the answer comes back. Oh, it's all—it's all the mental scarring and the scar tissue from games he's lost when he's missed doubles, and that got in his head. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right. <laughs> see, see, in in the word of the psych, in the world of the psycho babbler mind reader, there's always an answer that they can make yeah. up, and none of these things is is like falsifiable. I don't know why he dropped it, so they make up a reason. I can't say he didn't do that. It's yeah. just—I just think human beings. You know the best. The best players are the best players, and they make fewer mistakes and they do better things. And it's got nothing to do with all this kind of like reasoning and bigger. But what you'll get on, it's absolutely nailed on. If Leeds win on Saturday, you will get all this psycho babble about yeah they've beaten Saints four times before and he got into Allen's heads and Leeds had the mental edge and Leeds always peak at the end of the season. Blah blah blah. You get all that. They've That'll got momentum, Rob, and they've got momentum. momentum. <laughs> they'll have that they'll have a mentally, there'll be some psycho babble goes on it won't just be they happen to be play better than Saints on one given day you know it, you know but, but human beings you know things happen in life and human beings like to invent reasons for them because that yeah. gives us an element we think we've got some element of control of why it happened exactly yeah and that's why you get a lot of conspiracy theories and we're, yeah. we're washed yeah. with them in rugby league and what I can't keep up with which well, well, in the well, NFL yeah. are favouring this week it's uh, oh, yeah. or who they want in the final since Helens have bought the league yeah, yeah. we had that one they've yeah. bought the league they want Leeds in the final because they win a lot of money. They also wanted Catalan in the final because yeah. of the European Super League. Yeah. They wanted yeah. Wigan in the final because so there's about six teams in this final on yeah. at weekend. Yeah. They didn't want Salford in, did they? And that's why they instructed the referees to give them nothing. Exactly. What I'm hoping is those people walk away from that when they calm down, when their emotions subside and realise that um, that's not the case, and yeah, it's just well, it's just the way it, the team uh, played on the day, and just the way that, the that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you, you hit on a topic there, and, and, and let's let's delve into that one then, Dave and Rod. Um, the the Saint Salford game, Tommy Makinson penalty try moment, possibly not possibly, very much. Uh, a debate. You're either one side of it or not, aren't you? You're either, yeah, you, it should have been well, a penalty try and it wasn't, or it's, I, I thought it could have been, but the referee didn't give it, so we'll go with the referee. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say you one side or the other, Keith, but I mean, quite honestly, I could happily just sit in the middle and say, if he'd given a penalty try, I'd have accepted that. And if he didn't, I'd have accepted that because the first thing I normally do in these circumstances is try to educate myself on what the actual laws of the game are. So I just thought, right, Okay, I'm going to look this up straight away. So I looked it up. 
And uh, the penalty trial law is very clear. It just says a penalty try may be awarded if, in the opinion of the referee, a try would have been scored but for foul play, in the opinion of the referee. And the goal kick is taken from in front of the post, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, there's only there's only one thing that counts there, and that is the opinion of the referee. I mean, and I fielded quite a lot of inquiries from Salford supporters, of which quite a popular one was Sam Tompkins said it was the clearest penalty try I'd ever seen. Well, this was a new one. I didn't know that Sam Tompkins refereed the game because when the game I watched, it was Chris Kendall. Yeah, correct. And, you know, so, I mean, Sam Tompkins is a very fine rugby league player. I'm not sure if he's a qualified referee. He may be, and he may know the laws back to front. But even if he does, his opinion counts for nothing. It doesn't count for anything any more than mine or yours or Dave's or anybody. None of our opinions counts anything. The only person's opinion counts there is Chris Kendall. And he said that he didn't think he would have scored. And that's the end of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you say, you know, the referees take a lot of abuse and a lot of stick. I mean, often we get labelled, uh, you know, as referee, uh, you know, we're on the side of the referee all the time. And we're very, we're just, we're not anti bashing referees at all just call it as we see it we, we call it as we see it we're not biased against any one particular team we love the game and we love the sport and if the referee makes a decision that's his decision within his rule book and within that players sometimes make a bad judgment call and knock on a referee could do the same but it doesn't make them a bad person it doesn't make them biased in my opinion it makes them calling a decision at that moment, in that time, one of 2,500 decisions that they have to make during that game. But what I don't agree with is when, like, Sam Tompkins and, and other commentators then start causing this rift within the game by saying what it should have been and what it shouldn't have been. Because they've played the game. They should know better, really. Well, I mean, it's... it's 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 just part of a bit like we're talking about the playoffs. It's just part of the entertainment process. It's now part of the thing, isn't it? Let's start. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, a couple of seasons ago when match of the day, every every program was like every match analysis started with an analysis of a refereeing decision. And and somebody on Twitter it was quite funny tweeted to Gary Lineker, "Why didn't you change the name of this program to Was It a Penalty?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It seems to be you know, that because the, because and and now is- we see it with all sorts, don't we? All all sports, you know. The, the, I mean, I'm more interested in what the players are doing and what tactics the coaches employed. So, for example, you know, when Leeds beat Wigan, I'm, I was far more interested in how Leeds had managed to defeat a team that I thought was better than them and for much of the first half looked like we're going to win easily because Leeds were on the defensive for most of that first half, weren't they? Weren't they? So I'd be more interested to see how Rowan Smith had devised a, a game plan or tactics, call it what you will, to soak up that Wigan pressure and and what he was trying to achieve by being so organised in defence and who who he was looking to single out and what he was expecting from Wigan in terms of attack that he was able with his players to negate and then to go on and win the game when Wigan started to tire. Now, that's more interesting to me than arguing about should Bateman have been sent off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much discussion very often about the referees after the game, and it's tiresome. It can be tiresome. I, I mean, in terms of the Salford, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought Salford were very, very good. So they're such a yeah. tenacious team, and, and yes. so much effort there. High skill levels. I, I really like Paul Rowley and how he's set the team up. You could yeah. see how they were trying to combat 
a better team. St. Helens are a better team. They are the best team. He was trying to combat that. And, you know, I was willing them on as a as the underdog. And, and I watched that, the incident. To me, I thought, yes, that's a penalty try. But as you've already pointed out, it's the ref's opinion on whether he would have scored or not. So yeah. he can't be wrong in that respect. And he's he's a qualified referee. I'm not. He was yeah. right in front of it. Yeah. He, could, he was with the pace of the game. He's in a better position to make that judgment than me. Um, I can have my opinion and think, yes, he would have scored it. It should have been. But I accept the ref decision that he saw yeah. it that way. That's, that's the decision. And, and, and the final point there about the Wigan-Leeds game, yeah, look, trying to analyse why they did what they did and how they combated being under pressure for so long. And what do you teach your players? Do you, do you teach them? Yeah. You, you know, you just you might be just a bit behind on the scoreboard, but always if you're within one score with yeah. one to go, you've always got a chance. Yeah. How, how do you prepare them for those games? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with I you mean, on to that. be fair, it was quite exceptional, wasn't it, Leeds, the goal line defence, because they were under, under the cosh for almost the entire first half. And, you know, it was a game where... And I know people say this a lot, but it could have gone one of two ways, couldn't it? Wigan could have broken through and then, you know, absolutely railroaded them. Or one, as the more that Leeds held on and could keep Wigan down to the one solitary try they'd scored, the more you thought, well, they're, they're still in the game and there's a chance here because there'll be a period where they get a chance themselves. And if they can then score when they get a period of supremacy, then it's very much game on. And that's how it panned out, wasn't it? You know, they they, they weathered the storm and didn't, didn't go under. They kept the float, the, the ship afloat, and were able then to, you know, get ahead when in the second half and 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 go on with it. So it was a, it was an exceptional performance from Leeds, really under the pressure. You're right. I think they look really good, and and that takes us into the final. Now you've got Saints, the best team, against a team who finished fifth. And despite what anyone thinks about that structure, yeah. um, it, it, you know, a lot of people are saying you shouldn't be able to. That is the system. So that's what we've got. And we've got a final now against a Leeds team who have just grown in strength throughout the season under Rowan Smith. It, it's really changed since they've had that that change of coach. And you could see them slowly build and slowly build. And they've just got better and better and more confident in the play. They seemed more... Um, organised they seem to know what they're trying to achieve they yeah. seemed a bit all over the place to me early season and last season good in bits but never piecing it together I feel there's always pieced a lot of that team together and they're a real threat at weekend yeah. and I well, can't call it really well let me be a bit controversial here because um, you know and, and this again is the, is the narrative and I don't blame you for, for, for saying it Dave but you know, the narrative is that Rowan Smith has waved a magic wand and turned it all around and Richard Agar didn't know what he was doing. And they would have been they would have finished like 10th if they hadn't, they hadn't got rid of Richard Agar. But the fact is, um, Leeds, with the players they've got and the resources they've got, would be very likely to see their results improve just on the basis of those facts. And this happens a lot in football. And I know people that collect all the data and they collect the data from teams that sat their manager and teams that don't. And the results eventually pick up for both of them. And I'll give you an example in rugby league from this season. What happened when Wakefield sacked Willie Coaching when they were down the bottom of the league? Mm. Oh, they didn't. And the results improved. Yeah. Right? I know they've sacked him now, but that's by the by. But, (laughs) but, you know, know, Wakefield's results improved, didn't they, after a poor start? And Casper's did as well. Yeah. You know, because... And, and they ended up finishing in the, in the sort of places you'd expect via their wage bill and their resources, et cetera, and so forth. But but anyway, let's not go down that route of controversy because I, I don't want people <laughs> shouting at me. But- when we used to do Super League back chat, um, 
me and Steve, because that was in this kind of time when Leeds, you might remember, won, won from fifth twice on two occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Epic, epic victories under Kevin Sinfield. And we used to then, when we were talking about playoffs, talk about which team was in the coveted fifth spot. <laughs> and, 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 and lo and behold, years later, the coveted fifth spot has become significant again, hasn't it? And, and, and the same team, the Leeds Rhinos, or the same club. I've seen never won it from the fifth spot as well. No, only Leeds. Only Leeds Leeds because Leeds know how to peak and they've got the bottle for the big occasion. Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And and when you go from fifth, you you build momentum, Keith. So let's not (laughs) discount that. But anyway, I mean, the thing thing is, as I said, St. Helens finished 13 points above Leeds and the results when they played they played under Richard Agar and it finished Leeds nil, St. Helens 26 at Headingley in April. And I remember tweeting, I don't think Leeds would score if St. Helens left the field. <laughs> yeah. And I'd actually back Leeds that night with a 16-point start. And, you know, there were periods when Leeds had a lot of pressure when they were losing by about 14. And I thought, if they could just get one here, I'm half a chance. And they just had like it seemed like almost hours on end on the Saints line, but it was probably about like, you know, 12 tackles and couldn't score. And in the end, Saints just annihilated them. So that was 26-0 when Richard Agar was in charge. And just un- underline, Dave, how much improvement Leeds have shown under under Rowan Smith. They then met after he took over, and this was in June now, at St. Helens. And the scoreline that time was St. Helens 42, Leeds 12, showing a remarkable improvement under Rowan Smith, where they lost by 30, as opposed to the 26 they'd lost <laughs> under Richard Agar. Although, of course, Leeds did have the ground advantage in the first game and Saints had it in the second. But, you know, whichever way you dice it, St. Helens, or not any known data, are better than Leeds. But, of course, they are missing a number of very important players Notably, of course, Alex Wormsley. We know how influential he is, and what a you know a powerhouse and a titan of the game he is. So they miss him. And as we're talking here, and I don't think this will change. They're missing also Morgan Knowles. We know as well. Yep. So so that's that's an important Regan factor. Grace. Regan Grace, of course. I mean, there's yeah, some of these players you almost don't notice they're missing because they've been out for so long. And I think Regan Grace is one of those yes. talented as he is. Yeah. But you know, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me, they are they are missing Regan Grace, although Leeds are missing one or two as well. Harry Newman, for example, aren't they? So yeah, that but this but this is how it is at the end of a season, isn't it? The players are going to be injured, the players will be injured. So, yeah, it you becomes know. a squad game very often, rugby league. Yeah. It's so yeah. tough on the body, you know, those yeah. weekly rounds, trying to keep your bodies fresh and enough people on the yeah. pitch at yeah. the end of the year. It's difficult for all teams. So you've almost got to factor in that you will be missing a few. Yeah. It's unimaginable to think you could get to this point. No, impossible. A few. Yeah, and St. Helens have managed to get through the season without the halfback, Dodd. Oh, Dodd, Dodd, Dodd well, yeah. yeah. That's another good example, Keith, because there's a player, Lewis Dodd, that he's been out for so long that we've almost forgotten about him. And yeah. yet, when he was playing, he was he was like writing all sorts of headlines, wasn't he? I mean, he was yeah. in sensational form. Outstanding player. And, and, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. And a really good backing behind him, a, a lovely family as well. I'm fortunate to know the family. They're a you know, lovely family and, uh, you know, fully behind Lewis. He's a great player and a great, yes. great man as well. So um, hopefully he'll uh, he'll make a great recovery and be back. Yes, let's hope so, because, I mean, those are the kind of exciting young players that we want to see developing and, you know, getting better and better and becoming stars of the international game as well, don't we? You know, that's that's what it's all about. So hopefully yeah. he'll come back to form and fitness in 2023. But 
you know, he, he's a missing player for Saints this weekend, and mm. you know they have got problems in the in the in the key positions, halfback positions, haven't they? You know, they've had to sort of make do and mend and sort of throw yeah. players from other positions. But I think, like you say, Morgan Knowles, he will be a big loss. His work rate is great, but then that opens the door and gives the opportunity to people like James Bell, who have been chomping at the bit to, to stamp their authority in that team. And when they've played, have played well and done a job. Fresh. So, yeah. He's fresh, he's, fresh, he's fresh. sharp, yeah. he's looking really quick. It's almost like bringing a new player in who hasn't had yeah. um, you know, a full season because he's, he's missed a few games at Saints and he's yeah. only just started having his presence. And I, I thought he looked really sharp in the last few times I've seen him. So that's a real bonus for Saints. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a fresh player. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true to say that, you know, play, if players are missing, you can still field 13 players. You are allowed to put 13 players on the pitch. You don't have to play with 12 if you're missing Alex Wormsley. You do get to put somebody else in. So, you know, sometimes we overplay the absence of a player because really we should be looking at who's who's actually playing. And, and I try to do that when I'm trying to assess having a bet on a game. Give me the teams that are playing, right? 13 against 13. And let me look at that and form an opinion rather than be lulled into lulled into this narrative like they can't win because they're missing half a dozen players. Yeah. And there's an, also, you do notice that sometimes there are certain teams and coaches that will bleat about having seven players missing or whatever it is. Oh, we've got seven players missing. What chance do we have? And then when you look at it, you, you discover that four of them were wingers and they couldn't <laughs> possibly pick all four of them, could they? At, at so the same this, time, yeah. Or, or two of them were scrum halves and you couldn't have picked both scrum halves. You could only pick one. You had to leave one of them out anyway. Yeah. So you didn't really have two missing there. You left, you left one out. I, so, I, remember, I remember watching the game years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago. I'm sure it was um, it was two Yorkshire teams. It might have been Wakefield, Castleford, something like that. And and one of the uh, it was coach was an Aussie. I can't remember the name just off the top of my head. But just before the game, they, they did a quick interview. And the first thing they said was about the players who were missing. And and the coach just shot them down straight away and said, it, you know, on the run up to the match, we're preparing with the team we've got. It's irrelevant who's missing. We've got our team and we've prepared them and we've come here to play. And it really stuck with me that because it really yeah, changed right. my mindset and me, yeah. me, the way I thought about it. I thought, yeah, why are we even concentrating on who isn't there? You want a coach to be invested in their players who are on that pitch and as a player, you'd Focus want to say that. Yeah, 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 you can't be worrying about who isn't and what would have been and what. No, what you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. be. No, <laughs> it was it was just another narrative at the end of the game. You know, yeah. That some people will use as a reason for team A or B losing the match. <laughs> so, who do you think will uh, win? Rather, is it? I think Leeds have uh, got two points for the bookies. Is that right? I've heard two I, saw, I saw six early in the week. I don't yeah. know what it is exactly now, Dave. But, but it's not um, much really, is it? It's kind of a score, about a score. No, well, not when you consider that, as I just mentioned in April, when they were playing at home for St. Allen's, I backed Leeds with 16 start, and Leeds were at home then as right. well. Now on, a, now on a neutral ground, they're only getting six. <laughs> so that shows that the bookmakers have revised their opinion of Leeds, really, and that they now believe they're much better than they thought they were back early on in the season. But, um, you know, in, in my opinion, the, the, look, I can't tell you who will win because that's just impossible. I don't know who will win any more than you do or anybody else does. I mean, you know, any, another one of my favourite phrases is any outcome is possible in any match, no matter how unlikely it may seem. Yeah. So, I mean, if, in terms of like likelihood, St. Helens, in my opinion, are more likely to win than Leeds and probably something like 60% to 40%. But that's not to say Leeds can't win. 40% yeah. chances happen every day of the week. Like the lights are red when you get out. The road is probably a 40% chance, but it happens all the time. Yeah. So, 
you know, so there'd be, there'd be no surprise to me whatever happened. I mean, what we've kind of learned to expect over these Old Trafford showpieces is that we'll see a low-scoring match, isn't it? I mean, largely the weather has been a factor in that when it's often rained. I'm not sure the forecast is this weekend. The weather's been a little bit better yeah, this week. So, so it might have a good couple of weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah. Good point by Dave that it's, it's now a couple of weeks earlier, not in October. Yeah. So we're in the back end of September, which might be a little bit more clement. But, you know, and that might encourage a more expansive game. I don't know. But normally the occasion and the, the tax of the coaches is dictated by the importance of the match and they tend to be conservative in what they do in those situations. And so we see a low-scoring game. And we also see, which is something that punters have been able to take advantage of over the years, is that teams will be inclined to kick a penalty early on if they get a chance. So the first score has often been a penalty. The, the forecast on Saturday, sunny intervals with a gentle breeze in Manchester. Right. <laughs> 17 degrees it's got. So that's probably warmer than... That's quite nice. Than well, it's going to be a, a mild night, isn't it, I think? Yeah. 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 And, and I yeah. think you're right, though. It's low-scoring games very often, and therefore you take the two because two points is worth more in a yeah. low-scoring game than it would be yeah. in a high-scoring game. So it makes yeah. sense to, to take the two. And Yeah, uh, and that feeling of, like, we want to be in the lead and... Uh, you know they'll yeah. have they'll have to they'll have to come back at us if we're in the lead. You yeah. know if we can keep if we can keep eking out a few points here and there, we can keep nudging further in front and make it more and more difficult for them. And they'll have to change their tactics to chase the game. And I like those tactics. I don't think teams take too uh, frequently enough. The modern style. No, it went out of fashion, didn't it? Yeah, it, it came back ball. in a bit in the it came back in a bit in the NRL. There was particularly last season there was a lot of penalties being kicked. You know Wayne Bennett was very keen on it for a while. Uh, but in Super League, it hasn't been that popular. We've seen it once or twice some in big games. St. Helens kicked a penalty to take the lead at Wigan in the uh, in the regular league match. Yeah, uh, I remember. Um, and, 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 and and it is rare. But yeah. I mean, Le- Leeds may well feel that they have a very reliable goalkeeper in Reese Martin, and that they'll invite him to take shots at goal from wherever they're offered. It, because it, he's it, currently on a it. ridiculous streak of successful kicks, isn't he? Thirty it, something, isn't it? Is that how many it is? I know he's a, an exceptional kicker. He, when yeah. he first came over, he was renowned for his kicking as well. And uh, in low-scoring games, yeah, that could win. Yeah. That could win yeah. leads the game. So yeah, I keep changing my mind. One minute I think no Saints are a better team. They're gonna, you know, they've been. It's, they're going for the four peats. They're definitely going to do it. And then I think. Oh, I quite like the way Leeds are playing at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and so I keep changing my mind. So I think you're right. I think it's more likely Saints will win, but it doesn't mean Leeds won't. And, and no, the best winning formula is score more than your opposition. That's probably yeah, that, what we need to do. That tends to work, right, in the case, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 right uh, there. <laughs> Said last night, eat your heart out. Over, over the nearly 130 years of rugby league history, that tactic has worked better than any other. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. on to something yeah. defence wins yeah. matches as my old coach yeah. used to say yeah. defence wins matches well, score one more than them yeah the um, the legendary um, Oakland Raiders owner Al Davis used to go into the Raiders changing locker room before the match and just just with one simple message which was the same every week and that was simply just win baby just, just win, win, baby. Yeah. And that, that was it. Just win, baby. You know, <laughs> and he so, got paid for that as a coach. Well, well, no, he, he was the owner. He was the owner. Oh, right. he, was, okay. he, he was he was paying the coaches. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think he, he his uh, like autobiography was called "Just Win, Baby" because that that was his slogan. But I mean, you know, it's you know, it says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah, if it, it works. Yeah, it does. nothing else. Just win, baby. <laughs> but 
Well, I don't know how you fix next week, Rob, but it'd be lovely to catch up with you and talk about the final. And uh, I'm sure it'll be my, my pleasure. It. My pleasure, Dave. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, you know, after whatever I've said about the playoff system and you know, that it doesn't reward excellence and all that kind of stuff, that holds water, but that won't stop me enjoying the match. And, you know, I, I've had some great nights out at the grand final at Old Trafford, some really tremendous nights when I backed the winning team uh, <laughs> once or twice. Some of the Leeds wins over St. Helens were celebrated long into the night by punters, I can assure you. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, I think it might have been the one when Leeds got a contentious try was it Lee Smith yeah, it Lee Smith got a try and there was a video ref decision whether he was onside or offside from a kick and they gave the try and I remember leaping in the air going yes <laughs> and a, a, blo- a bloke behind me went what are you doing I said it's a try he said you're supposed to be neutral I said not tonight <laughs> I've, I've backed Leeds not when yeah. I've got money on it <laughs> no, no, I've got, no no I'm not neutral then but no I, I'm not, I won't be there but I'll be on the sofa watching it and I'm sure it'll be a tremendous occasion you know we've seen some great finals between these two great clubs and I'm sure you know and, and the grand final has become a really great sporting occasion in the UK sporting calendar I agree I, I agree and, and as much as uh... I agree that the playoff system isn't necessarily fair. What it does do is generate stories, excitement at the end of the yes. game. And I love the grand final. It's a brilliant, brilliant occasion. I'm fully supportive of the grand final. I wouldn't like it to go back to uh, just solely a league system, even if it may be further, because I, I, I like the grand final so much. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the outcome is, rugby league is the winner, isn't it? I mean, everyone's going to be tuning in watching this great sport that we all love, complain about, but go back to loving at the end of the day. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, having said what I said about a low-scoring game, I mean, obviously, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be tremendous if it finished like something like 38-36, you know, and with the most champagne rugby league that you've seen and, you know, some brilliant tries, you know, maybe with a last-minute try, which is clear-cut and doesn't have to go to the video ref, so we don't have to sit there waiting for all that carry-on. yeah. Yeah. And, and then no one moans about the ref and it's just a really exciting and exhilarating game of rugby league. We live in hope about the not more than well, you, the ref. I'm sure that'll happen, but I, well, I'm looking happen, yeah. forward to it. Definitely. Yeah, good. I'm glad, yeah. Definitely. Me too. Well, that's it from us. Thank you very much. And thanks to everybody for tuning in and listening to the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. It's rugby league on the Dockhouse Rugby Pod.